0: sought after for their success, and for consistently putting people first, treating employees and customers with respect, and helping others succeed, now these same CEOs, the mentors, want to help you achieve your highest level of profitability, success, and personal fulfillment in life, at work, and in business. Now, here's your mentor. I am Tom
1: Lurie, and I will be your host today. It is great to have you join us. Life can be downright difficult at times. It can box you in. While no one ever said that life would be easy, many of us are often ill-prepared for just how hard things can get. If you're going through a difficult time right now in your life, then my heart goes out to you. I sincerely feel for you because I've been there as well. I know the heartache and the pain that comes along with a major setback in life. I know what it feels like to have my life flipped upside down not knowing where to turn or what to do next. Today's guest had his life flipped upside down at birth. He was born with only two fingers on his left hand, one finger on his right hand, and three toes on his left foot. At age five, he lost his left leg and now wears a prosthesis. Despite the many obstacles that most of us will ever face, he became the first and only person in US history to become a U.S. Professional Tennis Association athlete and play a Division I college sport with a disability. He is a certified tennis professional and won the International Tennis Association's prestigious achievement award and is a member of the Tennis Hall of Fame. He is also an NCAA NCAA Division I Hall of Fame athlete And a member of the Hall of Fame for people with disabilities and shares this distinction with fellow honorees such as Christopher Reeves, Helen Keller, and Franklin Delano Roosevelt. Join me in welcoming Roger Crawford to The Mentors. Roger, we are honored to have you as a guest today.
2: Well, thank you, my friends. Good to be with you today.
1: Let's get started with you telling us about your disability, your early life, and the role that your parents and a friend of the family, I guess, Tony Fisher, played in making the possible the impossible possible.
2: Right. Well, Tom, I think you did a great job t- uh, describing my physical challenge. Uh, it affects me from the elbows down and from the knees down. You mentioned I have two fingers on my left hand and one finger on my right hand. I must tell you that the best way of describing my physical challenge came from my youngest daughter, Alexa when she was in elementary school, she said to me, Daddy, you were born to be an inspirational speaker. And, You know, Tom, I was so touched by her words. I thought maybe she liked a story that I told or one of my jokes. And then she explained, she said, Yeah, Daddy, you got a piece on on one hand a thumbs up on the other. (laughs) So (laughs) I guess she's right. I guess I was born to be an inspirational speaker, but that's a great way to look look at it. But yeah, it affects me from the elbows down and from the knees down. As you mentioned, I have three toes on my right foot. And then my left leg was amputated so I could wear an artificial leg or prosthesis. And it was really life-changing at that point because it gave me mobility and agility that I hadn't had before. Uh, when I look at my my early life, people automatically assume that maybe I faced a great deal of bullying and rejection. You know, not really, Tom. I, I, I really had a blessed life growing up. I've got to give a lot of credit to my parents for for a couple reasons, not the least of which was expectations. My dad used to tell me over and over again, Roger, you don't live in pity city. So the message was clear, right, Tom? Uh, Yeah, your hands may be a little different looking than other kids and you may have one leg and half a foot, but you're not gonna make excuses. And so he taught me that the handicaps that I had didn't make me different from other people. It just meant that the challenges that I faced were visible. And, and that was really important for me to have that understanding as a young person because I didn't look at myself as disadvantaged. I realized, Tom, as you said in the opening, everybody's going to face difficulties. Everybody's going to face challenges. My life wasn't different. I just had to learn to adjust and adapt to my circumstances. But I think that's true for everybody's life. So it was really important for me, my own sense of self-worth, self-regard, that I didn't look at myself as different, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah, and and when did tennis come into your life? Well, Tom, I've always been uh, a huge sports fan
2: and loved all sports. The tennis came into my life when I walked into a tennis store and I saw a racket that I kid you not was the holy grail of tennis rackets for Roger Crawford. And I am convinced, Tom, to this day, that that racket was made just for me. Now, for the listeners, it was called a Wilson T2000. Now, many of you may not remember that racket, but I'll just describe it. So there's the head of the racket where the strings are. And then from the head of the racket to where the grip was, there were two parallel bars. There was an opening from the head of the racket to the grip. Tom, my right finger fit perfectly in between the two parallel bars. That racket, I am convinced, was made for me. People say, well, gosh, that was really a great coincidence. Uh, I I think it, frankly, was Providence. I I think that... um, but that, I was supposed to walk into the store that day and pick up that racket.
1: I uh, had a racket just like that, but I didn't learn how to use it like you did. I, I know <laughs> that you had uh, – <laughs> I, I gave up on tennis and moved to other sports. But anyways, I you had uh, an interesting career at the high school level. How many wins did you have uh, while you were at the high school level? Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, I had 47 wins and six losses. And for, for people listening, Tom, they're probably thinking to themselves, okay, so now wait a minute. Here's this guy. He's got limbs that are shorter than normal. He's got an artificial leg, and he's got three fingers, but he had some success on the tennis court. And I want to tell you the reason why. I wasn't the fastest, and I wasn't the most powerful. But I learned something on the tennis court that has really impacted my life, not just in tennis, but all areas. And it was this, I learned if I could hit the ball over the net one more time than the other person, I would win the point. So I learned about the power of consistency and that's really what my success on the tennis court was built upon was just basically consistency. Now, When you look at players like Roger Federer and some of the all-time greats, when you reach that world-class level, certainly more points are won than lost. But if you just go one small level down, really more points are lost than are won, meaning there's more mistakes than winners. And so, therefore, the person that is most consistent has a better chance of being successful. I think that's true in our lives as well. I think it's an enduring principle, and there's – every area of our life, we can apply that that principle of consistency. And we can't confuse that, Tom, with perfection because perfection is – I mean, that's quite a lofty benchmark. We very rarely, if ever, reach perfection, and if we do use that as a benchmark, we're going to be a co- in a constant state of frustration. We can't always be perfect, but we can certainly be consistent. And for the people listening, think about the power of consistency in your business. Think about it in your your family life. Think about consistency as it relates to integrity or mindset. So I think consistency is, uh, that's really one of the greatest lessons I learned playing tennis, Tom. And for people that are listening that are wondering, how did this guy play college tennis and high school tennis? That was
1: it. Well, when we come back, we're going to talk some more about that. And we're going to talk about the best defense against hard times. We're with Roger Crawford, who is the star of the Tennis Channel's new Motivational Mondays. He's also Sports Illustrated acknowledged as one of the most accomplished physically chapped athletes in the world.
0: And now... Back to the Mentors, where remarkable CEOs challenge your thinking about life and business.
1: This is Tom Laurie with our guest mentor, Roger Crawford, who overcame severe birth defects to become a Division I college athlete and is a member of the Hall of Fame for People with Disabilities and shares this distinction with fellow honorees such as Christopher Reeves, Helen Keller, and Franklin Delano Roosevelt. Roger has been profiled by USA Today, The Wall Street Journal, Men's Fitness, Fast Company, and Tennis Magazine. Roger, when we uh, closed out the last segment, we were talking about consistency. I want to go back a little bit more into your um, childhood and uh, high school years. I, I, I think you also played football somewhere along the way, right?
2: Right. Yeah, I, I did play football, Todd, And like I mentioned earlier, I loved all sports. And I I had an experience playing football, which is a good example of how uh, oftentimes what we look at in life as a disadvantage can become an advantage. Uh, I uh, recovered a fumble during one particular football game, and I was running down the sidelines, and I was almost in the end zone. And, Tom, if you can believe it, one of uh, the players on the other team caught up with me and attempted to tackle me. He grabs a hold of my left leg, Tom. It comes right off. I mean, Tom, I wish you could have been there. It was like <laughs> dead silence, right, in the stadium. People like, I cannot believe what I've just seen. So he pulls my leg off, but I, I'm still standing, so I hop into the end zone. And I will never forget the opposing coach. He uh, said to the ref, hey, what's the ruling on that? <laughs> and the ref, you know, he's frantically looking through the rule book. He said, I, well, his knee didn't touch the ground. I got to give him a touchdown. So that's a great example of how, in life, what we think is a disadvantage can sometimes be an advantage, depending upon our mindset. Um, you know, during our last segment, you asked me about a gentleman named Tony Fisher, who was my tennis coach. And I think something he taught me as a, a young man was this there were a lot of people that said that I couldn't do it, that it was impossible. But he really helped me understand that possible is just really a person's opinion. It's not necessarily a fact. And so that kept me encouraged as I was striving to become a better tennis player. And one thing to point out, Tom, is that for me, tennis was way more than a sport because it was something that I could build my self-esteem on. It was something that made me feel good about myself and felt that I could be a success. I mean, we all need that. But for me, it was tennis, and that's how important it was for me.
1: And where is Tony today? Is he uh, still in the picture? He's 81
2: years of age. He lives about uh, 15 minutes from me. I see him frequently, and uh, he's... uh, he's quite a person has made a difference in a lot of people's lives was really a tremendous tennis coach. And I was fortunate to be, um, to be coached by him for a number of years.
1: And how did he, I mean, I'm thinking of him as a mentor, uh, a coach mentor, uh, how did, so you were a very unusual student for him. Right. Did he handle you? Did you handle, did he handle you any differently? Uh, certainly, uh,
2: strategy had to be a bit different tactics had to be a little bit different, but I don't think that he treated me, uh, differently than other players from the standpoint of, he expected the same effort, perseverance, commitment to practice. He expected that out of me just as he did with everybody else. And I think Tom, for me, that was crucial because it didn't allow me to feel sorry for myself or to feel that I was less than. I think one of the traps all of us can fall into is that we overestimate others and we underestimate ourselves. And as soon as we do that, we, we look for reasons to quit and to give up. And fortunately, I had, as you said, mentors in my life, like my coach, who continued to hold those high expectations for me.
1: Well, what's interesting is that each one of us is different. Is uh, I mean, we are we all have something, and we're not all disabled like you, but we're all different. And what I find fascinating about Tony is that he adapted to the difference. And this is something that I'm fascinated with. uh, With good coaches, they find out who the person is, and then they, or a mentor, which is really getting to know somebody, and then figuring out as you said different strategies for different people but move them along the same path it sounds like tony fits right into that yeah
2: no question about that tom i mean i think for anybody who's a mentor who's a leader i mean one of the keys to 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 being effective is is by knowing knowing the people that you lead and not everybody you can't lead everyone exactly the same way i think there's some enduring principles that you need to follow but you really get, need to know that person, understand their strengths, their weaknesses. Um, so,
1: This is Tom Lohr. You're listening to the Mentors Radio Show. Today we are talking to author, speaker, and athlete Roger Crawford, whose hard-won wisdom shows how you can make resilience a springboard to your own success. When you were talking about uh, the wins that you had in high school, uh, the 47 wins, and uh, how did the other players feel about it when you beat them?
2: Well, the reason I chucked I mean, off I... is when you ask that question, I reflect back on so many different matches where uh, my opponent would come, would walk onto the court and for, for the people listening, just kind of put yourself in their shoes for a moment. Here they were playing a guy with one leg and three fingers. I mean, really, the pressure was all on them. <laughs> and I, I can remember playing um, an opponent one time, and I was wearing long warm-up pants because it was a bit chilly. And now my opponent didn't realize until the match was over, right? We had already played the competition that I wore an artificial leg. And I would say he took the loss a lot harder then. <laughs> so, of course, they, it put a little bit more pressure on them. I mean, I, that, that's undeniable. But what's interesting about competition in any area of our lives is that after you hit the first couple of balls or whatever you might be competing in, you kind of lose sight of the other person's limitations. It's really about you and your ability to perform and perform successfully. So um, I I guess I looked at it this way. I looked at it as as somewhat neutral once the competition started because I had to perform as well.
1: Well, I think back, I played some high school sports and uh, also I went to Notre Dame and I can remember at the time, I'm thinking about Notre Dame now, where they had some very large uh, people uh, who didn't move as fast. And uh, people thought Notre Dame coming into the game, we're going to win the game because of the size of our players, when in fact, it was the smaller, faster players. And there is a element of arrogance sometimes that comes into play when we look at our competition. And we lose sight of you know what is it that we really do well. Uh, mm-hmm. But it sounds like that's something that uh, those players who came into a match uh, to play against you, if they really truly understood, uh, I could see where they would be overconfident. And uh, it's it's a great story about overconfidence well, you know, and what it can do.
2: Roger, Fe- I'm sorry, Tommy, but I wanted to just share this real quick. I, I had an opportunity to interview Roger Federer at, with Tennis Channel, and he ha- he he said something to me that I thought was truly profound. He said, "I fear no one, but I respect everyone." What that told me was she really had the heart of a champion, which was humility and hunger. And and for people listening, I want them to think for a moment about, about those principles in their own life. Because humility is about respect and honoring, not underestimating. And then hunger is you want to win. You want to get better. You want to improve. You want to advance. So I think that's a very interesting combination and very telling about success.
1: Well, when we come back, let's talk about humility and hunger some more. After we take a break, we're with Roger Crawford, who's Sports Illustrated acknowledged as one of the most accomplished physically challenged athletes in the world. If you have any questions or feedback, call anytime at 844-810-8255. That is 844-810-TALK.
0: And now, back to The Mentors, where remarkable CEOs challenge your thinking about life and business. Welcome back.
1: This is Tom Laurie with our guest mentor, Roger Crawford, who has been physically challenged at birth and has become a shining example for all of us on resilience and for thousands of people around the world. We are delighted with the response that our show has received If you missed any of this show or any previous episodes, you can download our podcast by going to our website, thementorsradio.com. That's thementorsradio.com. Remember to subscribe while you're there so you do not miss any future shows. All of the content is available for free. Roger, when we left the last segment, we were talking about humility and hunger. And that made me think a little bit about um, excuses that people make. Uh, And I... You know, you obviously have been in a situation where there were no excuses. Mm -hmm.
2: Mm -hmm. When I'm speaking to groups or or coaching someone, I I, I want them to take a look at this idea of excuses, because I think the quickest way to increase results is decrease excuses. And why do we make excuses? Well, in some ways, it's self-protection. We think that somehow if we make an excuse then if we're not successful, we can point to that as a reason for it. Here's the problem with excuses, Tom, is it doesn't give us the opportunity to move forward and confront our challenges and take responsibility and be accountable. I think our mindset is the single best predictor of success. So here's an example, if you make an excuse, you're gonna look for evidence, you're gonna look for reasons in your life to support that pessimistic view. In the same respect, if you believe that something is possible, something's attainable, again, you will look for evidence, you will look for reasons in your life that support that optimistic view. Now when you change your mindset, it's not gonna change reality. But what it will do, Tom, and I know you, with all the many successes you've had in your life, I, I'm sure you could point to many examples of this, that when you have that optimistic mindset, you're able to identify opportunities before they become obvious. Because the better that you choose to think, the better results you get. So I think mindset is absolutely, I think of all the great leaders that I've met and you and I have been friends for a long time and I would certainly consider you in that group, here's the common denominator, mindset. I mean, they come from diverse backgrounds, have had successes, have had failures, but what is consistent among them is is that mindset. They realize that, hey, challenges are inevitable but defeat's optional. They take responsibility for their victories, they take responsibility for their defeats, and they move forward. When I'm speaking to groups, something I share with them is this. The term back to normal is obsolete in the world we live in today because we're not going back to normal, Tom. Normal's ahead of us, not behind us. That's why I think it's important that we always be forward thinking. I I was speaking to a group a couple of weeks ago, and maybe you've heard this before, Thomas, the first time uh, I had heard it. They said, We're going to to go around the room, and we're not going to share best practices. We're going to share next practices. Because the point was, by the time we share these best practices, it's too late. Our competition's already moved forward. We've got to think, what's going to be our best practices? Looking forward, how can we do what we're doing today and make it a little bit better?
1: Yeah, I, I that whole thing with best practices has been uh, something I've thought a great deal about because it's, it's a norm, it's actually like conventional thinking, it kind of boxes you in, uh, and you got to get beyond that. Uh, but I, so you talk about optimism, I, I mean, you're a guy that. It took 16 years to learn how to tie a shoe. Uh, right. How do you maintain your optimism? What is it that you do for yourself?
2: Well, two things. Number one, I look at the experience of 16 years to tie my shoes, and I cherish that experience because it taught me two things. Number one, it taught me that you can fail, and it's all right. And you can fail a lot. But perseverance is a unique combination of hanging in there and also patience. In other words, it's that combination of never quitting but also being patient for the result. Cause too often we were, we're so impatient and I, I'm not advising people that it should take them 16 years to learn how to tie them, tie their shoes. But <clears throat> success is rarely if ever instant. And if it is, it usually doesn't last. So those were, those were a couple of principles that I learned learning how to tie my shoes and fundamentally Tom uh, being optimistic, is really a choice and it becomes a habit. Look, as I said earlier, I mean, mindset doesn't change reality, but it does create a different window through which you see life experience. And, you know, we can't predict the future, but all of us can prepare for the future. And I think we're going to experience more success if we're prepared for a future of opportunity and possibility. I mean, how many people do you know, Tom, that have lost their motivation today because they're looking into the future and what they see is disappointment and failure? So they give up.
1: Yeah, that's I, that's what I see a lot of. I, I certainly, And we're going to come back and talk about that in the next segment where I want to talk a little bit about grit. We're with Roger Crawford, who is the author of – several best-selling books, How High Can You Bounce, Turn Your Setbacks into Comebacks, Think Again, Discover the Possibilities, Hidden in Plain Sight, the Possibilities that are Hidden in Plain Sight, and Playing from the Heart, Turning Obstacles into Opportunity. All of these books can be found on our website. And when we return, we're going to talk a little bit more on the issue of optimism and your sweet spot and how do you get from here to there.
0: And now, back to The Mentors, where remarkable CEOs challenge your thinking about life and business. Welcome
1: back. This is Tom Loy with our guest mentor, Roger Crawford, whose most cherished award is being inducted into the International Hall of Fame for People with Disabilities. Roger, in this segment, I've, I, we've talked about a number of things. What are the fundamental principles that you live by?
2: A couple of things. Number one is to invest my life in activities and efforts that are about significance versus prominence. I had someone ask me this question the other day. What do you want written on your tombstone? That's a rather daunting question. My answer was I'd rather be speaking. But (laughs) as I thought about it further, I thought it would be something along the lines of did my life make a difference? Did my life have impact? And that's really about significance, because prominence is all about us. And I think what people listening have found, and I know you found, Tom, is that if it's just about you, it it, it really, it's it's not satisfying, it doesn't feel as if it's a life well-lived. But if it's about others, if it's about making impact, if it's about significance, I think that's true success. Uh, I have a good friend of mine who's in his 90s who has been phenomenally successful on, on many levels, financially, spiritually, socially. And I asked him, I said, you're in your 90s. How do you age so elegantly? And here's what he said, Tom. He said, wake up every morning with something to do, and then he paused. He said, for somebody else. And what I found fascinating about it is he didn't just say, stay busy. He didn't just say, have something to do, but he said, have something to do for somebody else. So I think that's one of the principles that I live my life by, is always looking for ways that I can impact, that I can make a difference, that I can encourage I, I just found that that's, that that's the greatest mission in my life. And secondly, it's about purpose. You know, goals are something that we can wrap our mind around, they're something cerebral. Goals are important. But it seems to me that you reach your highest level of achievement when you have a sense of purpose. And the difference, as I see it, is that goals require. An emotional or require an intellectual commitment. Goals require intellectual commitment, but purpose requires an emotional commitment. So you see the difference, Tom. W- one is intellectual, something you think about, but purpose is something you wrap your heart around. You're emotionally connected to something. And I think when you're emotionally connected to something, not only do you perform at, at your very, very best, but you can sustain motivation you know, you ask about grit, and Dr. Angela Duckworth and her great research, that's something that she talks about. She said, you want to maintain grit, something you got to find in life is, you got to find something that excites you. you got to be pursuing something that you're emotionally committed to. So so those are a couple of the principles, And you know, being a good husband, being a, a good father, uh, being a good, a good grandpa, and have a four-year-old uh, granddaughter, and that's a, a blessing. So, those would be a few of the principles that I live my life by. I, I've been incredibly blessed, Tom. Uh, for people listening, nobody, nobody should feel badly for me or think that Roger Crawford got robbed or that I was given a raw deal in life because it's just not the, not the case. It's, that's not what the circumstances, uh, were for me. It was, um, I've had a great life and if I had to live it all over again, I wouldn't change my hands or my legs
1: this is tom laur you're listening to the mentors radio show today we're talking to author speaker pro athlete roger crawford who knows how resilience is a skill we can all develop you were we're talking a little bit about grit and uh of course it's more than just having passion it has to a big part of that is enduring some hardships and learning early how to overcome them uh you're certainly a great example of that uh, Duckworth in her book talks a lot about how, uh, how, how, you know, the hurdles that we've had to jump over and the obstacles, how they build that uh, resilience. Uh, I, I guess that's. I mean, you certainly are an example of that.
2: Well, th- thank you, Tom. I, I I love her work on grit. I, I think it's uh, I think it's really terrific work and gives us some profound insight into how we can develop grit and how, how we can maintain our grit. Uh, for me, as I look back on my life and some of it is the benefit of being a little bit older and you can look back at, at past experiences with, 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 different eyes. But I, I'm really grateful to have gone through some of the tough times that I've gone through. It's interesting, Tom, if you talk to people that are mentors, people that are leaders, people like yourself. It's interesting how they'll often point to times in their life where they failed or they had setbacks. So they really went through difficult periods. And they say to you, you know what, I wouldn't change it because here's what I learned. Here's what I uncovered. Because, Tom, I think that one way to build our capacity is to put ourselves in situations where we may get knocked down, where we may fail, right? we can't build capacity staying where we are. What brought us to where we are is not going to build that capacity. We got to step out of our step out of the known and into the, uh, into the unknown. That's how we build up that capacity.
1: Well, there's a lot uh,
2: central to grit.
1: Yeah. Stepping out of your comfort zone and doing things that are uncomfortable is where the growth comes from. I'd like to talk uh, a little bit now about you've got, Uh, what four children I believe four children yes Uh huh. four children how did they so they grew up with this dad that's got all of these uh, (laughs) this disability and everything what are the lessons that they've taken away from your life
2: oh it's funny I I I guess if I asked them uh, they would say that I really they really didn't think a whole lot about the fact that their dad was a little bit different. Uh, I, I, I hope what I've instilled in them is, first and foremost, it's gratitude. Because when you have a sense of gratitude for what you have in life, it's, it's almost impossible to be pessimistic. Uh, a sense of gratitude, and secondly, it would be valuing other people, uh, having, that, having that respect for other people, and finally, I think they, they, they would all say that I, I maybe demonstrated some drive to them. Uh, none of them quit very easily, and none of them make many excuses. And I think that that's – I have to give my wife a lot of credit, too, certainly, but I um, I hope that I played a little part in that.
1: We've got to go to break. It was a great segment. Uh, when we return, we'll be with uh, Roger Crawford, who's our guest mentor today, uh, who is the first and only disabled person in U.S. history to become a U.S. Professional Tennis Association member and play Division One Tennis.
0: And now, back to The Mentors, where remarkable CEOs challenge your thinking about life and business.
1: This is Tom Laurie with our guest mentor, Roger Crawford, who has been physically challenged to birth and has become a shining example for resilience to hundreds of thousands of people throughout the world. Roger, tell us a little bit about motivational Monday and the tennis channel.
2: Well, that has been a tremendous opportunity, Tom. Uh, the tennis channel came to me earlier this year and said, would you develop content for, uh, for our network? And, um, it shows every Monday and so I write a few scripts at a time, fly down to Los Angeles and uh... record them. Now these motivational Mondays, they're not about me, they're just they're motivational principles. They're either what I talk about in speeches or what I uh, have written in a book. It's been a great opportunity for me, very gratifying. I'll be going to the US Open and doing some work for Tennis Channel there as well, I'll be leaving here in a week and really really blessed by the opportunity. and I've gotten letters from people all over the world who have seen it and felt that it touched them in some way or motivated them or encouraged them. So for that reason, it's um, it, it's just been a tremendous honor.
1: So for everybody out there, you can uh, find the tennis channel on your uh, cable or satellite TV, and you can find the show with Roger and uh, follow him. You could probably DVR that so you can, don't miss a show. Uh, you also had a, a movie that was uh, that featured your life story as well that won an Emmy or was nominated for an Emmy?
2: Right, it won an Emmy Award. That was a long, long time ago, but it was called In a New Light, which, uh, again, was uh, amazing when you mentioned that. It reminds me of how, how quickly life goes. It, Seems like yesterday that it was uh, a number of years ago. But again, it was. Uh, uh, I just feel so fortunate that people have felt that my story might offer them a little bit of inspiration. But I, I just want to make sure that 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 when people talk about my story, I really want them to think about their story because, as I mentioned at the beginning of the interview, Tom, I, I don't think that my life experience is much different than other people's life experience. Uh, we're all going to face challenges. We're all going to get knocked out. It's, uh, you know, how, how can we respond? Uh, a couple of the lessons that I've learned is you know, if you take risk out of life, you take opportunity out of life. So always be willing to take a risk. When, when somebody approaches me after a presentation says, you know, I, I, I feel risk averse, a, a and we say to them, well, let's think about that for a moment. You might really be saying that you're opportunity averse. Because they go hand in hand. Also, learn the importance of being a, a lifelong learner. Uh, you had told me, Tom, we did our pre-interview talking about the, the work that you've done with with uh, your reading and your reading habits, and uh, that's something I've I've noticed from leaders. They never stop learning. They never stop growing. They're they're perpetual students. I think that's absolutely crucial. And thing I found from, from great leaders and great mentors is they don't spend a lot of time and energy asking why. They spend their time and energy asking how.
1: Hmm. It's all about Very good. How. Now, yeah, I would agree with that. And what is it that you've observed over the years that separates those who are happy from those that are not? What would be the one thing that you've seen that stands out?
2: Contribution. It's They've gone beyond their own success. I mean, they're still successful. Don't get me wrong, but they have taken their talents and their abilities and their intellect, and they reach out and they make a difference. And I, that to me, is the root of fulfillment, contentment, and a life well lived.
1: So we know you're doing the mentor, uh, the uh, motivational Mondays. What else are you doing today? Before we close out.
2: Well, I'm still I'm still busy as a keynote speaker. I work with a lot of Fortune 500 companies um, around the world, and I do some coaching of people, and it it keeps me very busy, and I'm grateful to be busy. People say, "Isn't it stressful with all the travel you do?" I say to them, "Stress is a blank calendar when no one asks you to speak. <laughs> that that that's stress. So I I cherish every every audience that I stand stand before, but it's. Um, so that's why what, what I stay busy doing and then if I've I spend a lot of time with my granddaughter and my wife and my wife gets to travel with me now that we're empty nesters. So uh, so life is good.
1: Well good. Well we're out of time. I wanna thank Roger Crawford for being with us today and sharing his example and hard earned wisdom on all how we can all overcome the curveballs that life can throw at us. Roger's books, How High Can You Bounce? Turn your setbacks into comebacks. Think again. Discover the possibilities hidden in plain sight and playing from the heart turning obstacles into opportunity can be found on our website. You can also see Roger on the Tennis Channel's Motivational Mondays. Remember, if you tuned in late, you can listen to this and past shows by going to our website, thementorsradio.com. Make sure you subscribe to future shows when you're there. Thank you for listening. We'll be back next week at this time for the next edition of The Mentors. Until then, on behalf of Rick Brutico and myself, Tom Laurie, be all that you can be and keep the candle lit for all who struggle in the darkness.